This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. MFS Investment Management. Our active 360 approach to fixed income goes beyond analyzing financials. We combine active security selection and risk management, striving to make the most of complex bond markets. MFS.com slash active 360. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. This is the Player Rating Show. Joining me today is Max Cohen from the Boot Room. This episode, we'll be discussing the performances of the Fulham players against Manchester City. I'm sure the ratings are going to be pretty low and we're going to be talking about them. And we also have some other things we'll be talking to go along with just talking about the players. We have much to get through, but before I do anything else, I have to Welcome, my co-host, back to the show. I think I've talked to you a great deal this week, Max. How you doing? <laughs> I'm doing good, Russ. Uh, it, it's a hat trick of shows, and and unfortunately for us, that's many goals Man City scored against us. As many shows <laughs> I'm doing this weekend, but listen, <laughs> it's always going to talk about it. And by the end of this this show, I think I'll know more about this match than any match we'll have played. <laughs> well, honestly, I enjoy doing three shows about a match post-match I, I enjoy it because I really get a lot out of it and I keep getting more things after the fact even two days later and I'm going to be adding that to this show because it's going to be fun because I want to get deeper into learning about full matches you know getting into the details that's what we're going to do today not just talking about the players we're going to be talking about some other things as well but let's start off before we talk about the player ratings of Marcus Bednelli I, I want to read to you some quotes that were actually just released on the phone website just before we started to record this. The article is called Bettinelli Aim High. And I'm just going to read some quotes from him about the match and also about the season moving forward. Let's talk about the match. This is what Marcus Bettinelli had to share. Quote, they're a fantastic side, he admitted. Quote, they did what they did last year for a reason. Our game plan was to try to keep them quiet for the first 20 minutes. It didn't work. We made a mistake early on and got punished. That's what happens when you play against teams like this. But there will be a lot of teams who go there and get beaten. 
We have to go again, and we can't get too disappointed about this. We showed what we're about, that we like to get forward, although I don't think we backed ourselves enough to get forward and create chances. You spend a lot of time defending against teams like this, and when you get the ball, you are knackered. That's uh, from Marcus Bettinelli. Some very interesting details in there talking about going forward and basically chasing shadows for a good portion of of the match. It does leave you tired when you do go forward. I, I like getting that quote from him because it's interesting. Your thoughts about what Marcus Bettinelli had to say about this match? Yeah, I think that's an important thing to focus on um, is that when you're playing in such a possession-based team like City um, and teams that played Fulham last season, they'll feel the same way. That's right. It's in the reverse. Exactly, I feel the reverse because when you're running after the ball the entire match, you know, in your defensive shape, just closing down people and getting really nowhere near um, their possession, it, it's tiring and, and it's demoralizing to not have that. And, and Fulham, you really got to taste their own medicine in a way uh, on the weekend. And he said, when you do get the ball, when we do have those, you know, rare occasions to attack, it doesn't usually end well because you're so tired. Right. And I think we saw that a lot. You know, he said we didn't really back ourselves to get forward that much. And I don't know if necessarily we didn't back ourselves, but it was just that we didn't really have the energy to get forward because we spent the whole match chasing the ball. Well, that goes back to what Andre Sherwood said after the match. He yeah. talked about the lack of energy. Yeah, agreed, agreed. So that's uh, that's an interesting thing to focus on because. And then the other thing that I thought he said that was fascinating was we tried to keep them quiet for the first 20 minutes. That was their yeah. game plan. Well, I, I first, I mean, obviously that, that, that failed, but I don't think I saw any game plan that tried to keep them quiet. I mean, you can say we, we tried to attack and we got beat, which is true, but I don't know why Ben Nelly's going to go out there and say we tried to keep them quiet because I don't think anyone saw a Fulham team trying to keep them quiet, which is okay because yeah. we're not good at that. But that's kind of interesting that, Maybe yeah. he saw it that way, or maybe Salisa tried that. Very obviously, that kind of backfired. Sure, it totally did. And uh, if that was the game plan, it, it worked horribly. Yeah. You yeah, know, and sure. uh, listen, they scored that early goal, and then they got one a little bit after that, but they were in complete control. Again, that early goal really hurt Fulham a great deal. But very interesting comments from Marcus. And uh, here are some others that I find it interesting, and I'm going to share them with you right now. This is from the article. And I'm just going to read what it says before the quote, and then I'll go into the quote. This is what it says. Five fixtures down, the Whites at 15th in the standings. And while avoiding relegation is the primary target, Bettinelli has loftier ambitions for the season. Quote, we have to aim higher than that, he stated. Quote, if our aim is to stay in the league, then we won't do ourselves justice. We have to aim high. You look at Burnley last season, what you can achieve if you believe and put the hard work in. We're a good side, and we showed that against Burnley in our last home game. The owners have invested in the squad, and we are here to do well. We're optimistic. We can aim high and start to move up the table. That will mean, hopefully, when it comes to the last three or four games of the season, we're not still fighting to avoid relegation. Hopefully, we'll be mid-table, and that's what we need to aim for. So he's talking about aiming for mid-table and not being in a relegation battle. Your thoughts? Yeah, it, it's great to hear. And what this kind of whole interview um, kind of shows me in the larger picture, kind of taking a step back uh, from the quotes for a second, is that, you know, Ben Nelly really is a leader for this team. And Fulham wouldn't, wouldn't be going and doing a feature on him after the match if they didn't see him um, as the number one goalkeeper for the rest of the season. And that's kind of hardening for me um, from that standpoint, is that Ben Nelly is really assuming the role of the goalkeeper, of a, of a guy who's going to try to revitalize a team 
energize them, say, listen, pick up your heads. We're not going to be in a relegation fight. We're going to be mid-table. Everything's okay. And, and that's great to hear. That's what you really want to see yep. from one of your team leaders, one of your long-serving players, one of the players you got, got us promoted. You know, he's sticking with us and saying, there's no need to be worried. We're going to be okay. And, you know, he's also echoing a lot, a lot of what the supporters say, that we're going to be mid-table. We're not going to be a relegation fight. We have to believe in ourselves. And that's always nice to see that players back themselves the same way that the fans do. Absolutely. Very good there, my friend. Okay, good stuff from Marcus Bednar. Let's go right to him. Give him a rating for this match. Most people have him as the man of the match in a disappointing 3-0 loss because he played well, and it could have been a lot worse. And I'm just going to read what Ryan O'Donovan, our friend from London, wrote about Marcus Benelli. I'm just going to go to that right now. Okay, this is what Ryan wrote. Made a big save from Sterling in the 14th minute, one-on-one to keep the score at 1-0. Continued to make himself big and goal to keep out a few more efforts too. Was Fulham standout by a mile? Ryan O'Donovan gives him a six. Do you agree with it? Higher or lower if you don't agree with it? I'm going to say seven and a half, actually. Okay. I think, I think that's fair for a keeper who really could not do anything on any of the three goals. And yes, he did concede three, but I thought he was the reason that we, this is not a more embarrassing scoreline. I thought the Sterling save is excellent. I thought he made a number of other saves um, in, in the match that were really impressive. And yeah, he was our stand-up player. He was our man of the match. So I'm going to say seven and a half. Okay. Let's now go to right back Cyrus Christie. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a four, Max. This is what he says. Poor final ball from Christie, who got in some good attacking positions down the right, was exposed down his flank as Fulham really struggled to deal with the width. So Ryan gives him a four. How about you? Yeah, I was, I was actually going to say four as well. Um, he was four. Uh, the one thing that stands out for me was his positioning on the third goal. He just stands and watches as Sterling just kind of waltzes in and, and taps home. Yeah. Um, and that kind of exemplifies the entire afternoon, of course. It's it's definitely not an enviable task to play defense against Man City, but you know yeah. he did not necessarily rise to the occasion. And this might be, I think, the last, not the last time, but I don't think we're going to be seeing Christie in the Premier League for, for another couple of matches, if any. I would expect to see Mensa back. That's my opinion on that. All right, let's move to center back, Dennis Adoy. Ryan gives him a five. This is what he says. Had an average performance in defense despite City's dominance. Will feel he could have done better for the home side's third goal. Okay. What are your thoughts about his rating on a five? Do you agree or disagree? Um, I'd probably say five and a half. In, in that range is, is probably where I'd go because, honestly, I, you can't point to any major mistakes that Adoy made today. I thought, in particularly one instance, uh, when he jumped up with Aguero and put him off balance to deny, I think, a clear goal scorer opportunity. That was impressive. And he didn't make any uh, standout errors. The third goal, I agree, he probably could have done better in positioning to clear it. Um, but he was not, he's by far not, not the worst player, which I think surprised a lot of people because they didn't expect to see him in the starting lineup. So I think five and a half for Adoy. Okay, very good. All right, let's go on to Ryan Session, who played a left back. Before I get a rating from you and talk about his performance, I want to read some quotes from him that are also on the phone website from an article entitled, Sess, This Won't Define Us. And we're going to go through a couple different sections here. Let's start here. These are quotes from Ryan Session. Quote, whoever the opposition, every game we play, we play the same way. That's credit to the gaffer 
and the way he sets us up. We don't want to play any different. That's the way we did it in the championship, and it's the way we'll continue to play. We did create a few chances against a top team, and on another day, we take these chances and maybe get something. But it wasn't meant to be, and we were beaten by the better team. We tried to play our football against a possession-based team. There were a few mistakes in there, but overall, I think we can be satisfied with the way we played in the hole. There are a lot of things to improve on going forward. It obviously wasn't the best of starts conceding a goal like that against the top team. It makes it hard for us to get back in, but we can only learn from this. Okay, I'm going to stop there. That's These are quotes from Ryan Sessner. What are your thoughts on this? Because he talks about the style of play. He doesn't think it's going to change. That was great. I, I thought that was one of the most positive interviews I've ever seen. And considering, you know, Sessner, he's only, he's only 18 years old, that just shows such, I think, impressive, you know, just just the um, mentality from a young player. Because I think it's very yeah. easy to get – we got beat 3-0. We got beat pretty comprehensively. That's not really in question. And very easy for a young player to get demoralized, let his head drop. But that was just such belief in the system, that full in play. I think that really gives – you give a lot of credit to Salisa for those comments. Because I think the way Salisa has nurtured Sessignon and the way he has uh, put his faith in him, Sessignon's really repaying that, I think, in these comments. He's saying – you know, listen, in, that, in essence, trust the system, you know, um, right. trust the way we've played on another day. We could have been better, but we're going to keep playing this possession football. And, you know, this kind of results, I said this actually after the match, not going to define our season. This is not the match that's where you can't draw too many conclusions from. So really impressed with that by Saxon And I also think he gave Ben Nelly run for his money in terms of man of the match, but probably just is going to be beaten out by the keeper. Okay, very good. Okay, Max, here's some more quotes from Ryan Session. I'm just going to read what it says before in the article. It says, Session does not believe the result will dent confidence. Quote, I don't think so, he said. We'll be disappointed with the manner of the goals we conceded. But overall, I don't think it will dampen the mood because obviously they're top players, a top team, but we'll be trying to cut out those mistakes for the next game. People can't really judge us against these types of teams. They're not the types of games that are going to define us this season. We do want to play against the big teams. That's why we're in the Premier League. But I don't think we can read too much into this result because they're a top side. Okay, so there are some more quotes from Ryan. Your thoughts? Yeah, again, really, really agree with it because he's right. You know, at the end of the day, when you're the end of the Premier League season, no one uh, penciled this fixture in as a game we'd get anything out of. Um, you know, the whole matches against teams around us are what's going to determine our season. And these matches are, are really just bonuses. And I think the main goal going away from Man City was probably don't get beat too bad. Right. And 3-0, it's bad, but I think a lot of teams will be happy. I mean, I remember Stoke went there last season, got put, put seven past them. Huddersfield already got put six past them. Even Liverpool, I think, lost 5-0 last season. So this is not at all a rarity. Honestly, it's probably on the better end of loss you can have at the Etihad. So I, I really agree with Thessalon here. We cannot be too dampened by this result, although it, it was hard to take. We had to put this in perspective in the long run and you know, have a positive outlook because looking back on this match, a lot of things went wrong. But you know, at, at come May, this is not a match we me talking about at all. No, I don't think so at all. And I think this could be the worst loss of the season. We'll see if I'm proven right on that. But what's going to define them will be the matches coming up as we're going to be getting ready for Watford, that would be a match that would define them a hell of a lot more 
them playing against uh, Manchester City and uh, getting beat because they need to get the points of the teams that are going to probably be around them. I'm going to throw Watford in there. I know that they have had a good start, but I think it's teams like that you have to be really targeting the points that you will be judged by. All right, let's now go to a rating from Ryan O'Donovan because Ryan says on a four. This is what he says. Did okay against Raheem Sterling at times, but often found himself exposed outright, allowing City space to exploit. Sterling really started to get the better of him in the second half as Sessegnon struggled. Four, I thought, was a little bit low. Your thoughts? That's that's very low. I think I'd give him a six, honestly. And I just had a very different outlook on his performance, I guess. I think what I saw from Sessegnon was um, his Trent Alexander-Arnold moment, where he goes away to Manchester City in a massive match and some of the best attacks in the world and held his own. And I don't think he was exposed very often. I mean, maybe on a couple of occasions. But I think Sessegnon, I mean, let's remember one instance when he just very well shepherded Sterling in the, in the first half, just took the ball so easily from him in the penalty area. And let's also remember in the first half when he barged over Kyle Walker in, in, in the attacking sense and almost uh, got us a goal from, from the byline. I just think this is a game which showed a lot more than just 90 minutes. I think it showed his future career. Uh, when Slavisa said in the past he sees Sessegnon's career path as being an attacking left back at a big club in almost a Marcelo role. And I think today he showed he has a foundation for that. I wouldn't play him as left back necessarily a lot this season. I think the circumstances might have forced Slavisa to play him there this match. But I think this could be his future um, in football because I think he showed a lot of intelligence, a lot of strength. And considering that's his first, you know, Premier League match of season um, in defense, a way that he had, I thought he cooked very well. Okay, very good there, Murray. From all right, let's now talk about Alfie Moss. And before I share, we're going to do a little bit different. I want to get your view first before I give you Ryan's, O'Donovan's view. Okay, so give Great. me your rating for Alfie Mawson in this match. We'll do it a little bit different. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see if it matches up. Yeah, I thought Mawson is a tough one because he's, he's come in and – I don't necessarily think we've seen that much of him. Or I, I don't, he hasn't done anything that really stands out for me as a defender. He has not, certainly has not produced a good effect on the defense. I don't think he's made a big change. Of course, it's only been two matches, but he hasn't been, I think, as impressive as some Fulham fans would expect him to be, considering you know, the hype at the bottom of the summer. Right. And of course, since he's coming back from injury. Uh, in, in the same match, I thought he looked a little slow. I think the main thing, I remember he got drawn out wide for that third goal. And really, you can't blame him, but he could not deal with the pace um, of that cross. He just couldn't get anywhere near it. So I'm going to give him a four. Okay. Um, that, that's what I give, yeah. Alpha okay. Awesome. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a five. Good positional awareness and did well with Aguero in the first half. Was comfortable on the ball and didn't look out of place to, despite conceding the goal. So he gives him a five. So just a point difference there, my friend. All right. Now let's, uh, before we talk about the midfield three, because I want to focus on them right now. Um, I'm actually going to read another excerpt from an article. This is from Ryan O'Donovan's article, and uh, it is entitled, The Key Area Foam Should Have Done Better in Against Manchester City, according to Ian Wright. And right underneath the title, it says, The Match of the Day Pundit Pinpointed Foam's Inability to Get Close to Fernandinho During Their 3-0 Loss to Manchester City. So I'm just going to read some excerpts from this. Again, Ryan O'Donovan from Football.London just pulled the uh, quotes from Ian Wright, and I'm just going to read them to you. And 
This is what Ian Wright had to share here. Quote, this is what he said on Match of the Day. Quote, he was magnificent today, and I was very surprised that Fulham didn't get closer or tighter to him because it was easy for him. Seri, who started very well for Fulham, gave the ball away, and they were punished. You heard Fabian Delft say they watched them and knew what they were capable of, and they made sure they started very quickly. This is what I'm expecting from Fulham, in brackets, getting tight to Fernandinho. But they didn't do it. And you see the amount of time and space that Fernandinho had. And when you give him that kind of space, he's going to cause you problems. He was fantastic today. And so were City. Okay, Max. So those are quotes from Ian Wright that Ryan O'Donovan got for his article for Match of the Day. So what are your thoughts about these quotes from Ian Wright about Fernandinho? And and that was a key part of this match. Yeah, I I think it's true because a lot of the time – in the match, we kind of sat off City. We didn't necessarily press them high at the pitch, but I don't know if that would have been the right approach either because I think more of a high press um, in the midfield probably would have opened up even more gaps uh, over a back four and, and left us even more exposed. And players like David Silva and Bernardo Silva love kind of playing in those spaces between the midfield and the defense when they can really create danger with their chances. So I don't know if pressing Fernandinho would have been the best option. I think it's clear he's a, he's a great player, and when you do give him space, he's going to punish you. But at the same time, this whole the whole danger about playing the Manchester City team is that if you close down one player, you just create so much space for the others. And every player right. in that team can just kill you, can be so lethal. So it's there, there really is no true right way to play against Manchester City. I think the only team we really figured out last season was Liverpool. And... They, of course, have an exceptional manager and exceptional yeah. players that really cannot be replicated. So it's a tough one. I think you can pinpoint any anything we did that match and say we could do this differently. Um, in the end, I don't know how much of a difference it would have made. Okay. Let's now go to back to player range. We'll talk about the midfield three. Let's start with Kevin McDonald. Ryan O'Donovan from Football Down gives him a four. This is what he says. Struggle to contain or deal with Bernardo Silva in the midfield. Looked better as the game progressed and got on the ball a bit more, but a tough afternoon for the standing captain. He gives him a four. Your thoughts? Yeah, I agree with the four. Uh, McDonald, not up to the pace uh, in, in the Premier League. Definitely not up to the pace for, um, for a game against Man City away. So a four, is, a four is a fair result. Okay. Let's go to Stefan Johansson, also given a four. Struggle with City's midfield and press. Wasn't able to get anywhere near Bernardo Silva all game was a bystander for most of the second half as the game passed him by. Let me just say, before I get your thoughts on this, I agree with everything that Ryan wrote here. So your thoughts. Yeah. I'd be even more harsh. I'd say three. I thought the bystander comment is, is very on, on the, on the money. And I'm a big fan of his. Yeah. I, I just worry about him in the premier league. Yeah. I, I like Johansson. Um, I just, the thing about what I'm thinking about these player ratings and I'm trying to think, what did he do during the match? And when you really struggle to come up with any meaningful contribution for a center midfielder, yeah. no less, the player who should be at the forefront of everything you do, that's when you get worried. And, and that's why I'm giving him a three because he just was not in the match at all. Okay, very good. All right, let's move on to John Michael Seri. He had that big mistake early on. Lionel Donovan gives him a four. This is what he said. Poor pass in the middle that led to the first goal within 90 seconds. Had a really poor afternoon and couldn't get into the pace of the game whatsoever and was subbed on 56 minutes. This was a disappointing game from John Michael Sarri. 
I couldn't agree with Ryan Moore. Your thoughts? Do you agree yeah. with Ryan's rating? It's a tough one because we know he's such a good player, but maybe this performance might be why some of the top clubs passed on him because I was kind of expecting him to step up to the occasion. You know, He's played in the Champions League. He knows you know, what it takes. He's been courted by big clubs of, of close to Manchester City's caliber. Um, but I guess you could say, you know, around players of Fulham quality, he couldn't quite step up to the task. And he was peripheral. Of course, a mistake was really poor. I mean, a square pass in that position, you expect so much better from him, you know? Um, and also, we've seen his defensive qualities earlier on in the season. We see how he can really use his low center of gravity to kind of mix things up, break up play, dis- disrupt the passing. We didn't see any of that. Um, so, yeah, I think a four or four is right. Okay. Let's go on to Luciano Vieto. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a five. Saw a fair bit of the ball, but was often crowded out or shown down dead ends by City's defense. Was far quieter in the second half as City dominated. Max. Yeah, so I just I think a five is, is a little bit generous for Vieto. Um, perhaps a four because I, I just didn't. He had the ball, yes, but I think he's I think he's ineffective. Honestly, I would have. I mean, Kamara wasn't even on the bench today, which was yeah. or, which is odd. Um, I might have probably preferred Kamara to Vieto maybe off the bench, but because he at least would have brought some physicality. I thought Vieto was a bit weak at times, so I'm going to give him a four. Okay, let's go to Andre Sherla. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a five. This is what he says. Had a few efforts and looked to get on the ball and cause some problems with his running game. Struggled to get in the second game as City started to dominate. Yeah, he was the only Fulham player, I think, who showed any uh, attacking intent. So, Maybe I give him a five and a half. He definitely took shots. You know, we had I think eight or nine shots. That probably half of those were Andre Sherla. He yeah. loves to take shots. Lisa's obviously told him that. And let's not forget. I think he forced two very good saves out of Ederson from long range yeah. in, in that match. So really, the one of the few, if not the only, attacking bright spot was uh, Sherla. Okay, let's finish up with the starting eleven with Alexander Mitrovic. Ron O'Donovan gives him a four. This is what he said. Barely saw a kick in the first half as Fulham struggled to provide service to the front man. Struggled to get onto the ball in the second as Fulham's threat going forward diminished. So do you agree or disagree with his assessment on Mitro? Yeah, it's it's a tough one because I actually really wanted to give Mitro uh, credit in this match because I, I spent a lot of time in the lead-up to the match praising him, researching, writing a lot about Mitrovic. I said, listen, he's the hottest striker in Europe. Looking back now, how, how does that look out? But he had, he, he's on such a good run of form going to this match. Um, and I did say it would have been the toughest test of his ter- career away that he had. Because he, when he's so starved for opportunities, that's when he suffers. Because strikers need they need service. And he had none of that today um, on, okay. on Saturday. So that was a rough one. Uh, I think five. Five is what it gave me, Joe. Okay, very good. All right. Let's well, end with talking about the two substitutes. I'll read them to you together from Ryan O'Donovan. Andre Frank, Zambo, and Gisa. Ryan O'Donovan gives him a four. This is what he said. Didn't make much of an impact in the full midfield after coming on as City continued to re- exert their dominance on the game. For Daite, he also gives a four, and he says, did nothing of note after coming on for Vieto. Those are the comments and the ratings from Ryan O'Donovan from Football Dot London. Let me just say, I disagree with the Nguisa rating. I think it should be a little bit higher. I thought he gave uh, some very good effort once he came on, and I thought he looked uh, pretty good. So I don't agree with the four. I'm curious your thoughts on both, but really on Nguisa, I think Ryan's uh, low here. I'm with you, Russ. I think Nguisa 
didn't change the game because the game was gone no. by then, but definitely affected it. Um, and I thought he gave us much more energy, much I more. I thought he showed, showed what he would have done if he started, if I'm being honest. Exactly. And I think one uh, standout moment is his kind of driving run forward uh, later on in the match. And although he did produce a poor final ball, which might lead to a lower rating, I thought he finally showed energy from the field, which we were missing slacking so during the match. There's no strong driving force from the field who could get forward. No, he was the energy all. when he came yeah. on. Agree. So I'd give him a five and a half, maybe even a six. I thought he was very effective when he came on at least. And and Aite, um, four and a half, perhaps, because I think he did have a good opportunity on goal. Uh, yeah, he did. He wasn't he wasn't as bad as I think a lot of people thought he'd be, honestly. He um no one I think would have thought his Premier League debut would come, you know, away at, at the champions, but he didn't look too much out of place. I don't think he was any worse than any other foam attackers um on the pitch that day. So I give him a four and a half. Okay, very good. Yashinaeus' favorite player. I'm kidding. I say uh, he's probably cursing us out as we speak. <laughs> I do want to share this, Max. I'm not sure if you're aware of this. When we did our last show, Giannis's uh, girls team had a huge match yesterday. And, Max, I have some very good news. His team won. So congratulations, Giannis, to your team. That's amazing. And what, I'm very you, happy for you. What was the final score? 4-2? Because I think I, I, I checked in late on the match. And then, uh, Russ, it was funny because I, I saw the score and I was like, oh, wait, w- what's his team name again? So I, I quickly checked. Uh, Panthers. His, his Twitter. Yeah, Panthers. And, uh, yeah, that was a good result. I'm very happy. At least someone had a good weekend. Yes. Um, in the phone community. <laughs> <laughs> yes. It's, I, I got a nice uh, message from Giannis afterwards because I, I was messaging him while the match was going on just to let him know I was very happy for his side that they were up. And then, obviously, they went on to win. So, Congratulations, Giannis. That was a long time coming. You've been wanting that for a long time. You and your girls, they've earned that. So uh, congratulations. That put a little smile on my face on a very bad Sunday. You know what I'm talking about, Max. All right. Very good show. Listen, before we go, I just want to say this because I think these have been three excellent shows. Looking back at a very disappointing result, 3-0. And uh, it's therapeutic for me to do these shows, Max. Now you've done three of them with me. Can we finally put this away? Let's put, let's put yeah. this match away, right? Let's... I, yeah, I, I know how you feel, Ross. I spent the entire weekend, my friends asking me, oh, so how'd Fulham do? Oh, how about that City match? I'm like, guys, just stop it enough. Now that I've done, I think, the trifecta of shows, I can finally rest easy. Um, one thing I would say, if, if anyone has similar experiences when their mates or the family's going to give them a stick about Fulham, yeah. I, I had a, one, one of my friends, a Liverpool fan, he said to me, oh, how about the Fulham match? Huh? Didn't do go to him. I said, well, what was the score last time you guys went there in the, in the league? How did you guys do? Yeah. And that settled yeah. up pretty quickly. And I think that's probably yeah. the best tactic because you might get um, a little bit of a ribbing, but at the end of the day, every team is going to get beat at Manchester City this season. That's, that's right. my opinion. Fulham's yeah. not alone. I, yeah. And, again, while we're doing all of these shows and we're, we're focusing on a good portion of what Fulham did wrong because, you know, we're, we're analyzing but I wanted to make sure, and I think we've done a very good job of praising how fantastic Manchester City were, and they will be the entire season. They were really on cruise control, and they're a team that are going to do this to most teams in the league, and even some of the teams around them, I think they're going to do it. You gave the example last season of Liverpool. Anyone that goes to the Etihad, unless you're going to park the bus like Newcastle United, I think you're looking at a similar result that Fulham did. So this is not going to be unusual for the opponents that play Manchester City at the Etihad. And I look at it as a learning experience. I think, you know, just talking about it, I, I 
it's very interesting to see what they can get coming out of it. I'm talking about the positives that you can take out of the, out of the negative of learning about your team, what you can't do. And now you can learn how you can adjust and what you can do moving forward. So that's what's good about doing this is that we can analyze the matches and then really look forward to the matches that, I, like we're talking about, like I, I was mentioning about Ryan Sessions, uh comments there, the matches that will define us. And I think one of them is coming up, Max. I look forward to uh, previewing the Watford match and then doing three episodes on that. And I, and again, I, I said this on the last show. I'll say it again. This is how we'll end the show. I think that um, I'm expecting Fulham to play similar to how they play Burnley. I, I truly believe that. And uh, we'll see if I'm right. All right. Well, let's wrap this up. For my co-host, Max Cohen, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you as always for listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.